You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour two of The Big Show. Mm-hmm. We would call it The Big Show with Russick and Rose. But there is no Russick <laughs> and there is no Rose. He is Patrick Dumas. Hi, Patrick. Hello. I'm Logan Gordon. GVP and Alex Brody are on the other side. Good morning. Hey, Send your uh, complaints about George not being here for the 10,000th time to 960-960. And tell me where you're texting from. Because if you don't, I won't read your text. Name and location. Name and location. I remember George being so upset about the response to that. Well, I mean, I, we want to give people credit. It's a right? Toronto thing. Don't do that here. Hey, you made a good point. This is uh, Stanley in Stanley Park. Stanley in Stanley Park. There's probably a Stanley that lives in Stanley Park. I don't Park. think there's a Stanley that lives in Stanley oh, Park. Oh, there's a Stanley that lives in Stanley Park. Stan. There has to be a Stan at least. Stan. We don't do that here. <laughs> That's Toronto radio. Yeah, that's, you're right. That's right, George. <laughs> it's my favorite drop. I think George from Ontario. Damn oh, no, wait. George in front of you is from Niagara. I remember these things. <laughs> all day yesterday. That's all it was. That's what it came from yesterday, by the way. Unsolicited. I don't care. The guy's the guy. You get holiday ticket. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. Well, I mean, you work in a market for 10 years. Of course, they're going to bill you as Toronto. No, what I'm saying is yesterday on the text line, oh. all it was was, where's George? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is this guy take enough time off? Call him substitute teacher, George. Takes more time off than a substitute teacher. Just killing the guy. It doesn't matter to me, but it matters to some of you on the text line. That's what I said. Uh, 960-960. If you'd like to throw in your complaints about George and Matt not being here, uh, you're free to do so. Will I read them? Maybe if they're funny enough. Uh, Flames lose to the Winnipeg Jets last night, 3-2. Other NHL news today. We will find out the waiver status of Jakob Vrana. Yeah, a little interesting. That uh, one was interesting. Um I just, I just don't like. That's a lot of money for somebody to take on. I know, I know. He's, he's had, he's gone through, through a lot this, this off season. Well, and yeah. Let's to clarify, um, he was in the yeah. NHL, NHLPA player assistance. Yeah, it's not like program. he's just playing. He's playing bad or something. No. It's, so he missed some time. Yeah. Now that being said, he wasn't good in Grand Rapids. I know that he had two games down in Grand Rapids. I think he had no three points games. in three games, and he was minus five. Pretty sure down there was so wasn't the greatest. Uh, but time. he's been a good Red Wing. He yeah. hasn't played a lot. No. First year there, 11 games, 11 points. Last year, 19 points they in get 26 him at the games. Was he a trade deadline acquisition? Like, did Washington? He was, no, he was part of the Mantha trade. Okay, that's what it was. Okay. I think that was around trade deadline. Yeah, but he sure. was. Yeah. He was part of it. 26-year-old yeah. uh, Chechia native. Lots of people wondering whether or not he'll be claimed. We'll find out. Uh, later today, like uh, Patrick mentioned, there is a significant amount of salary that yeah. comes there. And maybe for the Detroit Red Wings, you're hoping that oh, yeah. going back to 
uh, Grand Rapids for an extended period of time can help him mm-hmm. get back. He's got five point two five million uh, on the books for this season and next season. But like I said, twenty six years old with a good NHL resume. Currently, like, like I mean, there's there's teams that I'm thinking like, yeah, there might I could see I could see him being claimed. I could, but I because like, there there might still be some. I think could could definitely help somebody out, perhaps in the right situation. But I think I think Detroit. I still maybe wants to see what I don't know. Maybe this was the last step for them, and they're like oh, waivers. We don't. I don't know. I just you. think maybe sometimes those conditioning stints are, are slow, and yeah, I think given the the lack of salary cap space around the league right now, I think if you're Detroit, this would be my guess if for a team like that that's still building mm-hmm. and only has a 26 year old. I think is still a good asset, but I think. If you can send him down right now mm-hmm. and have him go to Grand Rapids and get his game back up and then come back to the NHL and contribute, yeah, for take sure. a chance, right? That's I think Detroit will. That's kind of where where I see. Yeah, it right I think now. I think you say like the Red Wings might take it either way here. Like we lose him, we lose him, but if yeah. he stays, we see stays. We have a spot for him because uh, I'm just looking like right now, like uh, over half the league is yeah they have cap space, but it's because they're using LTIR cap space. And you really want to break it down, true cap space only Arizona, Buffalo, Anaheim. Chicago could well, really. Well, that's, that's the thing. And those are like on purpose, like they're rebuilding teams. They're, they they got a lot of low salary rosters. Uh, it just wouldn't make sense for Vrana unless they're like, okay, Arizona, like, here, Jacob Vrana, let's have a chance. Well, that's the thing. That's yeah. that's the only worry that you have with this. Is Chicago that, would have the first Is that claim. somebody wants to take a chance on him. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what, literally 26? the only one. Yeah. 26. So they're still. I wouldn't hate it. No. It's the exact same thing. It's exactly what Yusuf Alamaki got claimed, and I said this earlier in the year, and I said he was going to get claimed when he was put on waivers because if you're Anaheim, if you're Chicago, if you're Buffalo, not not as much Buffalo now, but uh, they've been better this year. If yeah. you're Arizona, why not? If it's if it's a free asset, and all it costs you is cap space, yeah, why not? Nope. I could see him being claimed. He's got one more I year at five points. Easily, yeah, yeah, that's not, but yeah. that's not the worst. No, uh, he's twenty six. If yeah. he, even if he turns out to be someone you traded the trade deadline next season, yeah, third, something get something. Yeah, it's not the worst. Uh, other news around the NHL that we're keeping an eye on: uh, the Blues going through some major injuries, which could affect things at the trade deadline. As a couple of their mm-hmm. Potential trade deadline chips are now hurt. That being Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko, both of them in the last year of their current deals. Blues have been wildly inconsistent this year Mm -hmm. and signing, you know, new contracts for Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas make Mm -hmm. you wonder Mm -hmm. what the future holds for a guy like O'Reilly more than Tarasenko. I think Tarasenko is done in St. Louis. Whether he's traded or not, I don't see him re-signing in a place that he's had a trade request up for like two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the O'Reilly one to me is interesting That's... because he's super valuable, but he's not he's not a point getter. He's your captain. Yeah. Uh, he plays a premier position, mm-hmm. plays great defensive hockey, great two-way hockey. Mm-hmm. This... But can you afford to pay him... Eight million dollars a year, probably not. If you're St. Louis, yeah. And then like this was a uh, uh, we we talked with Frank Cervelli last week about with, with Ryan O'Reilly possibly being uh, in that 
another name being brought forward in trade conversations for a team looking for a second line center to go out and and try and win a Stanley Cup, maybe put them in put him in that same line as Jonathan Taves. Uh, he's he's thirty one. Something like maybe maybe a return trip to Colorado. I always thought, but I don't know how this uh, how this injury will will factor into that. We're about uh, just about two months two months bang on uh, to the trade deadline. Uh, here, so uh, it's a long-term injury. Maybe he'll get back here before that. We'll talk with Greg Wyshynski what he thinks coming up here in about uh, twenty minutes' time, but or rather ten minutes' time. Uh, it is. It's 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 been a rough season in St. Louis uh, with 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 what with the injuries with Tori Krug with Vladimir Tarasenko now O'Reilly. It's up and down, up and down. It's uh, yeah. It's 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 an inconsistent, wild team. Uh, you wonder with things what's happening there. You know, if this the end of this uh if this blues era has uh, reached its peak. I know a couple of people have asked and and wondered about the Flames and you know maybe Verona who we talked a bit about there. I don't know. I, I know Pat got asked this a bit on the post game show last night too. Okay. Left shot. Yeah. I think the Flames could find a way to fit it in, but a guy that you know again is a goal scorer who hasn't done much goal scoring. Is maybe a bit of a reclamation project given everything that's happened. I don't see it. I don't think it would be the worst move in the world for a team that needs offense. I just don't know that that's yeah. that's the guy that fits it right now. We'll see. I but get I it. it's a it's a free name out there, and, and and you need you need to help your scoring out. But I, the Flames aren't in the business of reclamation projects right now. They can't be. You know, four months left in the season, they can't be trying to hope and pull and hope Jacob Vrana can get back to his. His 2020 season form. Yeah, and as this text points out, 960-960, Verona's too rich for the top clubs. None of the teams tanking for Bedard want more scoring. Yeah. That, of course, from uh, our friend name and location. Um, <laughs> Good one. I appreciate it. I like that. No, the, the only thing is is the, the teams tanking don't want more. I just don't know that Verona is going to push you out of the race for Bedard. No, 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 no. And no. it might just be a, a case of... You, you get a free asset. You so. put Jacob Rand on a line with Patrick Kane. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Chicago's doing, given that, I mean, Kane might be hurt after last yeah, night. Yeah, exactly. We'll yeah. wait and see, but yeah. uh, that'll be big news out of Chicago today. Um, and we'll see. Uh, Verona's an interesting one. Waivers usually aren't worth, you know, talking about for that much, but this is a, an interesting case. You but, don't usually get a 26-year-old that's – that scored at that kind of rate. But so this we'll is, wait and see. This is also a fact like like the good teams have made these type of maybe not with the salary involved, but like I look at a team like Colorado who's of late uh, a successful team who's used the waiver wire to their advantage to find pieces for their team. Uh I, I wouldn't be surprised if if a contender does pick up Jacob Brana, slot him in your third line, help some injury cover, just some more depth. It wouldn't put put it by him, but again, like whatever cap space you're accumulating ahead of that March third trade deadline or March fourth, whatever it is, there early March, is is there a better name, bigger name you can go get with that cap space over Jacob Verona? Yeah, but of in, this, in the, maybe this also doesn't cost you anything. No, that's true, right? If the cost is salary plus a second rounder maybe this is more interesting yeah um switching away from hockey this is an interesting part coming out of this demar hamlin story mm. um that's sort of developed last night uh espn has released a statement on joe buck last uh, on monday night saying that 
the teams were going to be given a five minute warm up and then resume the game. Oh, so Joe Buck's in some hot this, water? No, no, okay, no, no, okay, no. Let me get to it, okay. and I'll I'll fill you in. Okay. Uh, ESPN has uh, come out and said, "quote There was constant communication in real time between ESPN." and league and game officials. As a result of that, we reported what we were told in the moment and immediately updated fans as new information was learned. This was an unprecedented, rapidly yeah. evolving circumstance all night long. We refrained from speculation. Um, the NFL was quick to throw Joe Buck and the ESPN broadcast um, you know, under the bus for mm-hmm. saying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, ESPN fighting back a bit here, saying that, any of the information that we relayed last um, on Monday came from league or game officials. So they're saying that yep. the only reason Joe Buck said what he said was because they got it from someone league or game official associated. So this is an interesting back and forth here because uh, the NFL clearly doesn't want to come out of this looking, like- looking inhumane mm-hmm. and saying that they were going to restart the game and Joe Buck who is a huge name in broadcasting. Doing a job relaying a message. Well, he doesn't want to come out looking like a liar in all of this and saying something that wasn't true, right? So ESPN doing the right thing and backing their guy. Um, I have no reason to believe. You can like Joe Buck as a broadcaster or not, but I have no reason to believe that Joe Buck's a a dishonest broadcaster and was just simply saying that for the sake of saying it. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll say this, and I don't. I don't know who's right. This might just be a one of those situations that winds up being, you know, he said, she said. Yeah. Would it stun me that in the moment, the NFL's original plan was five minutes and then back to the game? No, no. That's a league that talks a lot about play, and every league does. Every league talks about player safety. Yep. But when push comes to shove, the product usually wins out. Hmm. So would my when when Demar Hamlin is initially down, would it stun me that a league or a game official relayed to the ESPN producers, yeah, once this finishes up, we'll give him five minutes, and we'll go, and then all of a sudden, we start getting into CPR, really serious natured stuff, and well, the, the plan change. Yeah, the scenes of the the scenes of the players on their faces, and I, I'm I'm watching the game here, and I you, you and I both played this game, not at the NFL level, but in a level that you know you still get injuries, and this is a sport where anything can happen for sure. And of course, you you go into the mindset of yeah, I could go into this game and break my leg, tear my ACL, get a concussion, but you're not thinking I'm going to have a heart condition happen or something like that and collapse on the field. It it was it completely unknown to uh, like uncharted waters in modern day NFL broadcasting the game everything like this has never happened to them, um. So I think we just, of course, we we like to find bad guys in every little thing in life, even in a situation like this. But it's like this has never happened. This was this is this is a massive, massive. Uh, product Monday Night Football is a yeah, but that's game. that's why there's that's the this discourse though yeah is like, because millions of people were like, watching and I th- like if people are, Joe Buck doesn't want his reputation yeah. tarnished and this is a game at the end of the year the NFL between, doesn't want their reputation yeah. tarnished this is a game between two massive teams end of the season nationally broadcast ESPN ABC game 
there's a lot of stuff that just goes into a, in a regular NFL broadcast. And it's, I understand it. Like, of course, they're just trying to, I'm sure like Joe Buck was not saying, hey, oh yeah, they'll be back in five minutes. And we get that. It's come out. They, they heard something. ESPN says they heard something. We'll take their word for it. The NFL wants to deny it. I know Troy Vincent denied it uh, from the NFLPA. But right now, we just want to move on from that. We don't know if the Bills are going to play even in Week 18 right now. It's all just right now, DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, but what I mean is they're yeah. not going to move away from it. No. That's why that statement comes yeah. out from ESPN yeah, no. is because they're backing their guy. And of course. The NFL, you know, the nice They've thing, released theirs. Well, yeah, the it. nice thing is that they're going, you know, the, no one's going to release who said yeah. what and, and when. I, that's why I said it's yeah. going to be a he said, she said mm-hmm. thing. But I understand mm-hmm. both of them trying to come out on the right side of it. From a PR perspective, sure, right, sure. So, uh, some text at nine six zero nine six zero. Anyone who thought that that game didn't end the moment they walked off the field is fooling themselves. Despite what Buck, ESPN, or the NFL may or may not have said, that game was done the minute he went down. Uh, that is from name withheld and location parts unknown. <laughs> uh, a couple people asking if George got the same contract for time off as uh, a former NHLer. Uh, that may or may not have frequented these airwaves. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a pretty sweet deal for him for a while. Mm, very nice. Uh, a couple more on Jacob Vrana. This uh, text coming in saying, Vrana's definitely clearing. He's going to the AHL for more conditioning time to get back to an NHL level. Wouldn't stun me. Yeah, it could be a guy. That, like I said, Detroit could use this guy. Uh, yeah, I think it's a smart move by Detroit. Where there's no cap space out there right now. And take a chance on seeing if you can't get him through waivers to go down there. Um... Some Kevin Rooney has played more Flames games than George has worked. Signed Bridlewood Wedley. <laughs> Who is this George you speak of? Signed George R. Niagara Falls, Ontario. <laughs> yeah, there's there's lots of comparisons to others in the mornings and and times. Well, morning has been a time where guys take off, take some time off. <laughs> it's been a time for taking some time off. <laughs> it happens. Um, yeah. yeah. George making fan 960 history with uh, the amount of time off. Yeah. I don't know if it's history or not, but it's uh, it's been good. Hey, I hope George comes back uh, nice and rested whenever uh, he makes his 2023 debut. Keep it, uh, keep it tuned here. Uh, Russick and Rose will be back before you know it uh, here on uh, Sportsnet 960. Uh, for now, uh, it's Logan Gordon and Patrick Dumas along with you. Alex Brody and GVP keeping us uh, rolling on this uh, Wednesday morning, and uh, we'll continue to uh, bring you more next. We'll chat with uh, ESPN's Greg Wyshynski, uh, all things NHL. Tage Thompson continues to roll. Alex Ovechkin continues to uh Quickly climb the ladder behind Wayne Gretzky at a pace that almost no one expected. We'll get Greg's thoughts on the Flames and more. Keep it locked right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It is the big show in the morning. Logan Gordon and Patrick Dumas along with you. And very happy to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this morning. Welcome in senior NHL writer and frequent guest on the Jeff Merrick show. Here on the Sportsnet Radio Network, uh, it's ESPN's own Greg Wyshynski joining us uh, this morning. Good morning, Greg. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm on. I'm on with the old man later today. 
Oh, uh, yeah. So that's gonna be, that's nice. It'll be fun. I, I, yeah, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Jeff, very excited to be on top of the green monster in Boston. Like, I've never <laughs> seen him. The only time I've ever seen him more excited is when someone uh, slipped him a VHS copy of a 1959 Sarnia Sting game at a Merrick versus <laughs> meetup at one point. But, uh, but you know, this is probably a close second, him being on the green monster. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a solid number two for him. He was really excited. Hey. I can't blame him. If it's not uh, junior hockey history or something, it's got to get something that gets Jeff up in the morning. And uh, if that if that does it, then uh, then that does it for him. But uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, Canada USA semifinals at the World Juniors. Where is uh, Greg Wyshynski's excitement level for today's matchup in Halifax? Well, first of all, Greg Wyshynski has to find a way to watch the game because uh, the <laughs> NHL Network. For those who don't know, here in the states. Not readily available on many cable systems, including mm. uh, one that I that I have. Uh, it's kind of a problem, and it's something that a lot of American fans are kind of steamed about. Um, you can't even really stream it online or anything like that, too. So I'll find a place to watch it for sure, because it, it, is, it is without question one of my favorite moments uh, of the hockey years when Canada and the U.S. inevitably meet in World Juniors. As I've said for many years, it's a perfect tournament if you're an American hockey fan because we don't care. Like, we, so, we don't care. Like, it's not a thing where if, if they lose today 11 nothing and Bedard has seven goals, like, we don't care. We'll just move on with life. But if we beat you guys, oh, my God, <laughs> the symposium start. How do we find goalies? We're going to have a reality show to find the next great Canadian goalie. Like, what are we going to do to, 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 you know, and of course, like you guys win this thing all the time. So there shouldn't really be any level of panic. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's the perfect event if you're like a fan of a country because the pressure's off. If you lose, if you win, you, you take a victory lap and you know, the other guys are, are out of their minds with, uh, with despair. On the Canadian side of things. Uh, I know you mentioned it hasn't been the easiest tournament for you to watch, but I'm sure you've seen, uh, the highlight reels coming off of Connor Bedard, and it's got to have you know a couple of NHL GMs just you know foaming at the mouth at the chance to pick this guy. He looks like he's the next offensive dynamo to come out of the NHL draft. Yeah, it was funny to see the reaction though to Bedard's performance in this tournament because some some people were like, "Oh, this will really convince GMs uh, to." Uh, to clear the decks and try to get this guy. I'm like, have you been paying attention to how many empty, how many empty vessels of teams we have this year? I mean, for a while, I guess it took a while for like the, the, the oil and the uh, water to separate in this league. But I mean, Chicago, Arizona, like there, there are teams that clearly knew who was at the top of this draft this year and clearly positioned themselves best they could to try to land the guy. Um, he's great. I, I wrote a story about him and Adam Fantilli uh, right before the holidays um, last month. And talk to a bunch of scouts and, and talent evaluators, particularly about Bedard. And like the thing that I, I find so fascinating is like he's an incredible playmaker. I mean, no question about that. He's got that kind of skill. But that shot of his, I mean, people people were kind of referring to it as being unprecedented for a center to have that kind of shooting ability and to have that kind of shot. And and the uh, the idea that he, that those skills can be transferable to the NHL and and instantly turn around a franchise, much like McDavid did, and much like you know Austin Matthews did, and and Sid and others. I mean, it's, it's a really, it's a really fun thing. It's also a fun thing seeing who may potentially land him. Like I, I, I'm on, I'm on the team chaos bus for him going to Philly. I really am. Like, I know that there are some really good teams and really good markets down in the, in the dregs of the league right now that are going to be in the lottery. But the idea of, of having another Lindros like focal point of our hatred towards the flyers (laughs) and a guy 
who's going to have the pressure of trying to win their first cup since the mid 1970s on his shoulders immediately. Like that's a great, great storyline. And I would, I would love to see him revitalize a franchise that, you know, hockey's a little bit better when the flyers are competitive because everyone needs kind of a heel in their lives. Yeah. I, I can't remember where I saw it on Twitter, but I saw somebody say I'm here for Connor Bedard getting drafted to the Montreal Canadiens just to see what the fan base does when he doesn't score 40 in his rookie season. And I thought, yeah, you know what? Uh, in some of those markets, it would be a little bit more entertaining with all due respect to, to Chicago and Anaheim and Columbus that could all use the guy. There's just a couple of those places where you, you're right. Team chaos would, would prevail and really make a nice landing spot for him. Yeah, and on top of that, he w- he wouldn't be able to describe his feelings after that uh, in French. <laughs> real problem. I think yeah. he get drafted to the Canadian. <laughs> yeah, there's another problem for him. Uh, speaking of uh, family, we mentioned uh, you know Jeff Merrick's excitement to be there. What was uh, what was it like for you? I know we, there's been lots of talk about these these outdoor events and maybe not having the same you know sort of aura about them they didn't really have the you know teams that have been there before but what was it like for you heading to Fenway and covering another winter classic it was it was cool for me because i ha- i didn't go to the first one um the the flyers ruins one back in 2010 so this was sort of a novelty to be able to go to Fenway and see the game and and they they figured out how to do it a lot better this time apparently i talked to a lot of people that went to both games and orienting the rink kind of parallel to the green monster was a really smart decision and and the, the whole thing looked really good. The game itself, two periods of kind of nothing and then a great third period um, with a lot of, of thrills and, and uh, the, the Bruins rallying and all that stuff. You mentioned the, the impact of these things, and there's no question for a lot of the casual hockey fans, um, the bloom's off the rose when it comes to outdoor games. There's been so many of them. They've exhausted the venues. I think maybe here in the States, one of the only places that we're still waiting to go is Lambeau Field in Green Bay, and we have to probably wait until Chicago is good again before that happens. Um, but when you're on site for this thing and you're amongst the fans that have traveled to, to this game from all over the world, not just Pittsburgh and not just the, the, you know, Boston, but like all over the world to come to this game, they're buying their gear, they're, they're you know, getting there early, they're, they're taking in the sights. Like it really is a wonderful event, and, and I know that it runs counter to what a lot of fans believe, but like I'd take more outdoor games every season, to be honest with you. Like I, I, I I think we're past the point of worrying about oversaturation and we're at the point of if there's a market for it and these localities want it, let's just do it. Yeah. I know uh, the excitement level uh, in our part of the world for next year, even heading to a place that, you know, look, Commonwealth stadium in Edmonton doesn't have nearly the history (laughs) of a Lambo or a Fenway or the big house or anything like that. But you know, right. for, for Flames fans and Oilers fans here, as soon as that announcement went down, we started hearing, you know, when are tickets going on sale? We're making the trip up to Edmonton for it. It's, it is still something that in the area, I think you're right, really does still resonate for people as a major event. For sure. And and they print money. <laughs> they buy all that gear. Oh, yeah. and, and the other thing, too, the other thing too and, and this shouldn't be lost on people, but the players love it. Like, you'd think it'd be a hassle to have this sort of interruption in your season and you know, have to all of a sudden start worrying about sun glare during a, a game that counts in the standings and yeah. things like that. But, you know, the, the chance to have something that breaks up the monotony, the chance to have your family involved, the chance to play dress up like all these teams do now where they're <laughs> rocking 1930s Red Sox uniforms and stuff like that. Like the players love these games. And, and so um, that's a real cool, cool part about it too. I, I, there, there was a time when I thought this might be a real hassle for these guys and, 
it'd be that you know NHL All Star Game effect where you talk to them and they'd be bummed about having to do all this circus stuff. But um, but it's the opposite. You know, it, it, I've never met a player at these things that wasn't at least a little bit tickled about being a part of them. Uh, speaking of one of those two teams involved in the Winter Classic, Greg, I, I'd be curious to see what you've made of uh, of the Boston Bruins this year. And uh, there was a great video released by the NHL and uh, you know Patrice Bergeron uh, waiting for all of his teammates to come off of the ice, and you can just see the the genuine love that that guy has for his teammates and for winning. And, you know, it's, it's just in the dictionary, I looked at it and said, you know, if there's leadership, you can clip that video of Patrice Bergeron there. And this team has just flourished. They still don't have a regulation loss at home. David Krejci's back in the NHL. What have you made of the Boston Bruins and the incredible start they've had to this season? Oh, it's been it's been really fun to watch, and and you know part of that equation that you did mention was Jim Montgomery, their head coach. Yes, you know, I, I caught Boston coming through New York recently, and talked to some of the players, and and the Montgomery effect is real. Like they, Bruce Cassidy is a good coach. They needed a different voice behind the bench after Cassidy had been there for as long as he had. Mo- what Montgomery's done is one has them playing you know a really solid system where you know offense comes from defense and getting back to the fundamentals of what Bruins hockey should be. But two, he's, he's bought in a level of accountability, which wasn't there. And he's also managed to kind of empower the players. And, and the Winter Classic was a great example of that, where between the, the, the second and third periods, he basically gives the floor to Nick Foligno to kind of give the rallying speech. He's constantly, uh, you, know, refer, you know, deferring to Bergeron to get his opinion on things and figure out what to do. Like, there's a real kind of communal aspect, I think, between – the coach and his veteran leaders, but at the same time, he's also managed to really get these guys in shape, really get them all bought in, committed to what he wants to do. And and I think he's by far been, in my opinion, the coach of the year, um, despite there being some pretty good candidates elsewhere. Chatting with ESPN's Greg Wyshynski this morning and coming at you down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Uh, I'm Logan Gordon, joined by uh, Patrick Dumas. Patrick? Uh, Greg, uh, the Calgary Flames, uh, they fell 3-2 last night to the Winnipeg Jets. It was their 17th uh, one-goal game uh, this year. One-goal one loss, loss, sorry, yeah. that they played in uh, <laughs> this year. Uh, snapped the little mini two-game win streak that they had going. They're still they're back into a Pacific Division playoff spot. But what have you made of the Flames play late over the, over the holiday break and then in here to the new year? Well, I, I wrote a, a column that published today on ESPN, uh, the NHL playoff hope tiers. Okay. Where are we with hope right now for these teams? And I've got the Flames in my fourth tier, which is on the bubble. They've got about an, a 69 or 68% playoff probability, according to 538. Um, you know, I think they can feel better about life if the offense can uptick. I mean, again, like 43 goals walk out the door last summer with Goudreau and Kachuk. Mm-hmm. Not a surprise that all of a sudden those one-goal games go a, a certain way. You throw in Mangiapane not being able to really find a scoring touch for most of the season. That's impacted them, too. So the, the goal scoring is a concern. It truly is a concern, I think, for them this season. And I think the margin of victory and some of, uh, margin of defeat, rather, in some of these games is indicative of that. Um, and I think the hopes get dashed if it just becomes into sharp focus that the hasty fixes that Brad True Living tried to make to, to steady the ship and plug the leaks and, and keep this team contending didn't produce a team that was of a playoff quality, which as of right now, they're in a playoff spot. I'm not sure if anybody is really all that confident they'll remain there for the full season. I think we're all hopeful they are. They're, mm-hmm. they're a good team with fun players. But that's really the key right now is, you know, can, can they gin up a little bit more offense 
and the bigger question of whether or not this team is a playoff-worthy team, despite the best efforts of Brad Trilliving to keep the uh, the ball rolling for them. Uh, we'll shift over to uh, to Buffalo Sabers last night. Uh, Tage Thompson, another hat trick, <laughs> uh, just an amazing game, going up toe to toe with Alex Ovechkin, who had two of his own. Obviously, the the Demar Hamlin shirts ahead of the game, which was a nice nice tribute to to him from the Sabers as well. But uh, man, that, that Sabers uh, and Capitals game was it was electric. It really was, and, and I'm just going to gripe for one second. I don't know if, I've, if there's like a percentage of the Capital fans fan base that are just idiots, but I made a joke last night on Twitter <laughs> about how Tage Thompson scored two goals, and I'm like, Ovechkin's hearing the footsteps, something to the effect of he's only going to be yeah. borrowing Gretzky's record. <laughs> and, and like the amount of Capital fans that took that seriously and like responded with, you know, Tage Thompson's in his mid-20s, right? <laughs> like, what, hap- what happened to society that we can't look at that and say, yes, he might be having a go at the fact that Tage Thompson's good this year, but in no way is he saying he's going to catch Ovechkin. What happened? I don't understand. It used to be fun. Yeah. Life used to be fun. Uh, that game was fun, though, man. And, and the Sabres are, are in a real interesting spot right now where they're making a bit of a run. They're obviously getting power. I, I, I wrote about Tage in that column today. He hasn't gone... I think it's since maybe like October. He hasn't gotten more than two games without scoring a goal. That's insane. Like that, yeah. that, that, that scoring rate is insane. I don't think he's gotten more than, more than maybe two games without scoring a point either. So, you know, I, I, he, he's just been such a force of nature for them. God forbid anything happens to him or he hits a, a cold streak. Mm-hmm. They're obviously cooked. I think he's really kind of carrying the water for them right now. But the real issue for, for the Sabres is that they are a young team. And, you know, despite the offensive weaponry, you're still seeing a team that's giving up way too many chances, way too many shots. Um, they're getting okay goaltending, but, but it's behind a real porous defense. And, and that's really going to probably be their undoing, even if the Tage Thompson show gets them a lot closer to the bubble than I thought than anyone thought they'd be probably a month ago. Uh, Greg, uh, Carolina Hurricanes, they had their 11-game win streak snapped yesterday against the New York Rangers, but, I mean, just like what they've done. It's uh, obviously because yeah. of the helmets, guys. Yeah, they have upset be. the NHL yeah. overlords, and <laughs> never again will a team cross the uniform boundaries of a dark helmet with a white uniform. That's why they lost. <laughs> Well, there might be some conspiracy theory there, man. Like, I was watching that game last night. They got actually screwed by a call late in the third period where they claimed that uh, Martinuk was trying to play the puck with a broken stick. Anyone, you know, who's who's seen a situation where someone's stick breaks knows immediately the player is doing his best to drop that stick the moment he knows it's broken. Mm -hmm. You could watch the play and see exactly that situation playing out for Martinuk, but instead they, they gave him a minor penalty with like three, like, I think it was like 240 left in the game. To the point where the, the Hurricanes actually pulled their goalie on the penalty kill to try to get back in the game because they had no other recourse. So maybe the conspiracy theorists have, have some, something to say uh, with the way that that ruling went down. But listen, they're second to, to Boston as far as like teams in the East that have legitimate mm-hmm. cup chances. Um, their goaltending is a blessing of riches. When Freddie Anderson gets healthy, you know, it may be a situation where they move on Tiranta potentially to somebody who needs help um, just because of, of the depth that they have in that position. Um, I'm really excited to see what Patchy Reddy does when he comes back. Um, and not only in the regular season, but more specifically in the postseason. Because like we were talking about with the, with the Flames, the issue with the, with the Hurricanes in the postseason for the last few years has been that inability to get that one goal they need. 
mm-hmm. you know, in a game seven or, or in, a, in a critical elimination game. They just haven't had that guy to find that, that one goal they need. And Pacioretty, you know, for the last four or five seasons has been one of the better goal scorers in the postseason from a metric standpoint that we've had. So I'm excited to see whether that acquisition, the Brent Burns acquisition, are the two things that kind of get them over the hump that they've been unable to get over in the postseason. Uh Colorado dealing with some major injuries right now. They're still in the the hunt for a playoff spot. Greg, uh, I'm curious. I know there's been plenty of talk about what this team may or may not do when they're in the Stanley Cup window here. But uh, I'm curious if you know you're worried about a Stanley Cup hangover with this team. Is this just simply too many injuries for them to to, to deal with right now? They've kind of been an interesting team there, and they're kind of sandwiched right between Calgary and Buffalo right now. Not a spot many would have had them in at this point of the year. <laughs> No, but, but like you said, that's, that's all injuries. I mean, first losing Landis Cog, and then it, everybody just seemed to get hurt at some point from McKinnon to Nakushkin to, to, you know, Byram to, you know, everybody, name, name him, and he's probably been out of the lineup. Mm. Um, I, I think the thing that's happened for the Avalanche, obviously, is the shift from we're going to be another President's Trophy team to we've just got to get it in it to win it. And, and I think if they can maintain getting McKinnon back is huge. Um, they're going to get a little bit healthier. You know, Byram's on his way, I think, slowly coming back. Um, you know, Nakushkin's close. It might be a little bit of a, a wait still for Landis Cog. They just have to get in. And, and, and then, you know, hopefully at that point, be healthy enough to, to, uh, to make a run. But like you said, the real conundrum is if you're kind of a bubble team and you're worried a little bit about these guys' health and you're not quite sure what you have here, do you push your chips in and go for a Bo Horvat, or do you go for a Jonathan Taves? Do you go for that second line center that um, if you're really rolling, you, you're going to bring in because you think you've got another chance at the cup, or do you kind of take more of a long view um, and, and not do that at the trade deadline? Because this is a young team with a lot of guys under contract for a very long time. Um, you know, the McKinnon McCarr regime is going to be there for, for a while. Um, you don't necessarily have to go back-to-back if you're the Avalanche. You, you know you've got some time, and this window is going to stay open for, for quite a while. Uh, loved the uh, the coverage of the Winter Classic, Greg. Uh, I thought the uh, the informative look at the uh, NHL Winter Classic store from best to worst was uh, a great perspective on the retail opportunities that are, are hitting the nail on the head, like the Meth Bear shirt and the ones that are missing, like the uh, generic Boston uh, accent shirt that just says wicked awesome on it. Uh, loved that. And also, uh, love that when there's no coffee in the press box, you're a Mountain Dew guy. Uh, what was that choice? Like, was that the only thing they had up there? Did it feel like you were 12 years old again, drinking Mountain Dew? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or at Taco Bell at two in the morning. I, I, I didn't understand what the hell was happening. I gotta be honest. Like this is a city. This is a city literally built on top of a Dunkin' Donuts. You know, I, I don't understand why they didn't have any coffee in the press box. They had coffee machines. They had coffee makers. It was all, all of the equipment was there. There was just no coffee. And, um, you know, as, as, as a writer, uh, I need it. So I had to get <laughs> caffeine in my body somehow. So I'm not a soda guy. Try not to be. Um, but I had to, I had to dabble in the, in the dew to try to maintain throughout that event. But, yeah, like – no, no to anyone out there that ever has a chance to run a press box. Like, just have coffee. Yeah. <laughs> very, very bizarre. They, they had hot dogs and hamburgers and no coffee. It's very strange. That's a weird one. Uh, great, great stuff in the Winter Classic, man. It was awesome. Always love reading your stuff at ESPN. Uh, have fun with Jeff a little bit later on today. We'll be listening, and thanks for the time this morning. Really appreciate it. 
Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Drake Wyshynski, senior writer at uh, ESPN uh, for the covering the NHL, uh, joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and a regular uh, on the Jeff Merrick Show, which is across the Sportsnet Radio Network uh, later on today. He'll yeah, be Merrick chatting with our pal. Yes. Uh, always a great segment. Greg, uh, of course, one of the uh, top NHL writers across uh, the National Hockey League and some fun, really cool, insightful uh, coverage of the uh, NHL's Winter Classic in Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like some different things. And, yeah, you know, Greg's one of those guys that can bug people the wrong way. And, you know, there's no sarcasm button oh, yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. And I, it was funny because I, I, I saw that tweet that he put out last night about Tage Thompson yeah. Catching up to Ovechkin and nobody got the joke. He is not tongue one, in cheek. He not is, one person is, got the joke on Twitter, and that's the danger <laughs> of it. Um, but yeah, thanks to Greg for joining us. Really appreciated the time um, this morning. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly pass, get away from hockey here. Uh, a little bit of an update on Demar Hamlin, uh, his condition here. Uh, it's from Coley Harvey of ESPN. Has been doing a great job uh, covering the story. Uh, per uh, his uh, his friend uh, Jordan, uh, what was his last name here? Jordan uh, Jordan Rooney and his family. Doctors overnight got promising readings. Uh, that they had been hoping for to see by this morning. <clears throat> Jordan couldn't go into the specifics, but progress appears to be have made here in the DeMar Hamlin uh, situation. Still uh, sedated and in critical condition in the ICU. Cool. Good to hear. Yes. Uh, we'll come back on the other side. We'll chat a little World Junior Hockey Championships with Lou ahead of Canada and the United States. Plus, we'll get uh, his thoughts on the Calgary Flames. 3-2 loss to the Winnipeg Jets. That's coming up next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.